This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeffrey, brilliant! That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen. Gabriele to finish Arsenal off. No song. Is it in? Oh, it's gone. Young Nelson. It's from and David Luiz. Oh, that's outstanding. Young Nelson gets it back to Dominic. Welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs, hopefully bringing you some therapy in this extra hour or so, because my God, I think we need it on here, and I hope you guys do need it too after that dismal and disappointing display against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. We're going to get right into it, we're going to discuss the style of play, how Spurs are going to try and change it up in these next couple of weeks. Delighted to have back on this show with me, Ricky J Norwood, one of the most positive Spurs fans I know. Rick Scott, we need some positivity in this next hour or so. Great to have you back. <laughs> well, I'm going to try, my friend. I'm going to try. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. It's, it's a pleasure to be back as always, my oh, friend. Thank you. Thank you, Ricks. And delighted, along with Ricky, to have Emma Story back on with us. Em, you are positive as I know. Hey. But my God, we're getting a lot of it on the back of this kind of game, aren't we? I was going to say, I will do my level best. It's going to be tough. But sometimes, you know, get the bad stuff out, then the good stuff comes after mm. and... I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll try. But again, yeah, same as Ricky's. Pleasure to be back on. Oh, bless you. Thank you very much. And as always, when we say positivity, we're not going to try and dress it up. We will try and say as it is. That's what we always try and do on this show. So delighted to also have back, finally last, but certainly not least, we've got George Achillea, big on Spurs YouTube, isn't he? George, how are you? I'm oh, very good, thank you. How are you doing? 
Not bad, George. I've been, I've been better after that weekend display, but that's why you guys are here. We're going to talk through it and try and find a way forward. Hopefully, Josie's listening in. Hopefully, he knows what we feel and what we want to try and do in terms of moving forward. But let's get straight into that game from the weekend because, Em, I'm going to start with you. Now, the, the final scoreline, I think, papered over just how bad Spurs actually were during that game because, for me, it looked like Chelsea's easiest game they probably had in weeks. Some would probably go as far as to say men against boys. It felt one side knew this was a derby, the other didn't. It was really an abysmal performance then. What do you put that down to? I think the most positive thing I can say about it is that it wasn't as bad as the fixture um, at White Hot Lane just before Christmas. Um, the performance against them then was even worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, oh God, it's really difficult to know where to start um, when there's such a lack of desire in the team. Um, I think from my point of view, I felt like until Lamella came on the pitch uh, after like, what, 70 minutes, I felt like nobody was really up for it. Nobody really took like the derby mentality kind of by the, you know, by the griffin of their teeth and like, you know, try and, and, and take the, the game to Chelsea. I mean, I I don't want to be the person that starts hammering Mourinho like day in, day out because he's our manager and I want to back him and I want him to to do well for us I want us to do well under him but for me like the tactics were all wrong I think the starting 11 was not as it could have been I think setting up so defensively against Chelsea particularly having got having gotten so battered when we played them at home I really thought like actually do you know what he's learned that you can't just set up that defensively you've just got to at least try and go for it um, I appreciate we have no strikers at the moment. It's a problem. And like we can get into that in a bit more depth soon. But I just feel like there's a real there's a real mentality problem around the team that I think is coming from the manager. He looks very defeatist and very down and negative in press conferences. I mean, it's a huge blow, obviously, to lose both Harry Kane and Hoyman's son for the majority of the rest of the season, if not the whole season. I get that. But he is the third or fourth highest paid manager in the world it's his job to try and find solutions to these kind of problems like it's an awful hand to be dealt I have sympathy for him but he's got to make it work and he can't just project this image to the rest of the team that oh well you know we're screwed we've got no strikers so sod it let's just call it quits on this season and look forward to next season and the thing is it feels like it the, it feels like that's what he's doing right now and you can't you can't do that it's only February and they have, you have to find a way. You can't just write everything off because the, the first choice players that you want aren't there. When you're paid the kind of salary he is, he is there to try and find solutions to the problems. And to be fair, like I say, these problems, they aren't all his fault. He couldn't have predicted to lose Harry Kane and Hummin Son together at the same time. It is, you know, unknown territory to him. I mean, Ricks, we'll bring you in because very flattering score and it has to be said. Could and should have been much worse. You know, Spurs could lose Latelso, who hasn't been added to the list of absentees very luckily. But, you know, falling short in a game where really we didn't deserve a draw. No complaints there. And a big day in the top four race that Spurs have allowed to slip away from them. Yeah. And kind of, again, you know, uh, the last time we played Chelsea was just uh, within reach. And, you know, Jose had a lot more at his disposal the first time we played him. And, um, you know, it was kind of the same result. We lost. So it's, 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 a, it's a bit of pill to swallow um, 
this this result and and this how we've been playing this season. You know, um, I think that this game this week uh, losing Sonny and Kane, I think it's the it's the biggest comparison we can we can we can see between Jose and Poch because you know. Uh, Throughout Poch's reign, whenever we had somebody out, and we've had people out, we've had Dembele out, you know what I mean? We've had Lamella out, we've we've had Harry out every season at some point, we've had Sonny on international duty, we've had we've had to deal with uh, after the World Cup hangovers and fitness issues and and no preseason and and um um you know uh, uh, loads of fixtures back to back. We've we've had to deal with that, but the. The way that both of them deal with the same situation is very different. You know, under Poch, it didn't matter who went out, including Harry Kane. He would come out with a message is uh, with, you know, uh, with the rhetoric that it, it's not about the name on the shirt. It's about the crest. It's about the club. It's about the spirit. It's about the way we play as as a team, not so much the individuals. You know, uh, many a time in his press conference, he used to get upset whether, you know, if we played Sanchez instead of Toby or if we played somebody else instead of somebody else, he would be he would get upset and be like, no, wait. Give the players that were on the field credit. Don't be asking about nobody else. And in in that sense, he would give not only the players a lot more confidence that, all right, we're in a dire situation right now, but we can get out of it. It would give them. But he would also give us that type of confidence. And we'd be like, yeah, all right, cool. Well, we're missing a few, but let's go for it. Let's go for it. Now, the football itself, the football itself, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel for Jose. I kind of feel for him in the sense that, yes, he hasn't had the tools to work with. Uh, yes, um, in January, we got we brought two in. We brought two players in, but he didn't really help the team the way, it, you know, the way it needed. Because we were crying out for a striker. We've been crying out for a striker for years. And we knew that after we lost Lorente, we needed that backup striker. So, all right. Okay, cool. We haven't got that in. But the way Jose's dealing with it right now is to dish out all these excuses now. And I don't mean it like that because, you know, Poch would paper over the cracks when he spoke he'd be, and he'll keep everybody calm. But Jose confronts the situation and he's like, well, look, we ain't got it. What are we going to do? You know what I mean? He almost challenges uh, the, the media and the board w- w- when he's bringing it out, but also covering himself that if we end up losing the next four games, that you know, we all know why. And I've said this, I predict, predicted this. We know as Tottenham fans that we've, we've been without before, but we need to, to to be able to kind of go to every game with the hope of kind of, all right, we're going to put down our foot and we're going to go for it. Right now, it looks like we just sit back, sit back, sit back and just, you know, you know, wait for them to score until we start playing, you know, until we start letting the leash off and, and actually trying to go for something. And that's not the way we play. Maybe this is why Jose's been brought in to kind of grind out a result. But this is not the way, man. Like to have no plan. It's basically like we didn't even play against Chelsea. It was like a nothing game. It's like it, it, it was like if Tyson Fury went in and just held his hands up against Wilder and just waited until he got clocked before he threw anything back. It's not going to work out. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. You've got to be on the offensive. You've got to give them things to worry about. Chelsea were never worried about any one of our players. Not once, Rix. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that game itself, the, the way we set up, Jules, just to bring you into this. Now, we, we, un- we understand that Mourinho, listen, he's taken Spurs to the brink of top four. You know, when he came into the job, he was, I think, 12 points off them. We at the weekend, a point where we literally could have been leapfrogging into the top four, two points ahead of Chelsea. Now that gap is, you know, is four points again. 
George, where do you stand in terms of the start of play? Because I want to focus on this just for the first half of the show. We are going to come on to do the Chelsea review. I promise you, obviously, second half of the show. But I think this style of play is one of those things at the moment that is really uh, testing the fan base. Where are you on it, George, in terms of the way he set up for that game? There was a clear intent to sit back and try and break on the counter. But yet we are trying to play these kind of long balls up to Lucas Mora. It just isn't going to work. The guy's five foot six. I mean, where do you stand on it all, George, for you? You know what? I, th- I think I'm going to disagree with, I think, most of what's been said so far. Because I think a lot of... Excellent. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think like I think a lot of the the criticism on Mourinho so far, is just, there has been so, so much bad luck. And in terms of the style of play, from the get-go, I don't think he's been able to implement his actual style of play that he wants to at the club. Straight off the bat, he wanted to do the whole uh, attack with a three at the back, defend with a four with Davies because he knows that he can play centre-back and attack with Aurea. Well, the first game he's managed us, he got injured. So he's had to play the next couple of months, the next few months without that style. Then going into this game, I think this is a very rare situation where in the past, I think, three or four years, we haven't had both Sun and Kane out. And let's not forget, Eriksson's also gone. Daly's the only one remaining of desk at at the top four um, up front. So I think it's a very rare situation where we haven't really got the strikers. We haven't had the fullbacks. Um, obviously, Davis has only just returned recently, and we all know how up and down Aurea can be with his performances. I feel like going into the game, I wasn't too upset with five at the back because for me, we didn't have the midfielders in terms of Sissoko. Dyer's not playing well. Wanyama, I don't know what's happened to Wanyama. He's been gone for a long time now. And we don't have the strikers either. So I wasn't too upset with how he started it going defensive because. The problem is, if you're trying to go free-flowing, attacking and overload going forward, we're going to get caught out in the defence because we just don't have the players for it. But what I didn't like is the fact that he didn't change from a back five when we went 1-0, 2-0 down. That's the bit I didn't like with what he was doing. Um, but honestly, I think he's just been completely, like, really unfortunate um, in terms of his signings and his style of play. And let's be honest, there's, there's nothing wrong with counter-attacking football. I don't think it's his, his mentality is to go totally defensive. I think he wants to counter-attack and hit them quickly on the break and defend for most of the game. Leicester won the league doing that. They won the league playing counter-attack in football, and no one was complaining about it then. I think people are having uh, massive issues with Mourinho now just because of certain situations that we've been put in, and I feel, I feel sorry for the guy. And I think I'm not going to give any major judgments towards him until he's had a full summer to build the team that he wants. Do you think that, George, for you, he's getting unfairly tagged from his previous time at Manchester United, maybe that second spot at Chelsea, where that, that's almost kind of now, it's kind of stayed with him that tag of being that kind of pragmatic manager, some kind of label it that whilst he's got the name of Jose Mourinho, it's almost could be likened to Sam Allardyce tactics. I think what you say there, a lot of it is the case that he's working with a limited squad. He hasn't got an alternative striker to Kane, which many said in the January transfer window, that was the most important thing. Harry Kane got injured on January the 1st. That gave Tottenham a full 30 days, 31 days to go and sign another striker, which they failed to do so. I understand they're limited in terms of who they could bring in. And I, I get your point in terms of that, He's working with what he's got. And maybe if players were you know, open to him, there might be a different solution. But, George, to stick with you, a question here I want to ask you. This is from Gulam, who says, Injuries and Jose needs a full pre-season and summer, but why aren't we playing to our strengths? We have the technical players to feed the ball in between the lines. Why not try and attack teams and be on the front foot rather than playing so negatively? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, we've seen how well Gio has been playing recently. And I think Ndombele has shown that he 
it can be a class midfielder. I mean, past couple of days, games have been a bit rough for him, but we know that he can. He what he likes to drive forward and play well, and I think that's definitely the areas that we should be focusing on is trying to create the plays through the two of them. Um, but I think it, it, we've also got to think about the rest of the team. We don't have a, a defensive midfielder to really be solid and hold back right now um, to allow Gio and Ndombele to get further forward and attack in and play these passes in behind the lines. Because at the moment, from what I've seen, the Celso is having to play a lot deeper than he should be. And we only really saw that change him moving further forward at, towards the end of the RB Leipzig game. So I think there's a couple of players being played out of position. Lucas as well is having to play up front. Even Bergwijn's having to play strike as well, which just isn't really working. Both clearly a lot stronger playing on the wings. I think, it's, again, it just goes back to the injuries. And he's, I think he's trying to do the best that he can with what he's got. And in this kind of scenario, I would love to see him try and play Troy Parrott instead, considering he's probably our only striker we actually have available. And I know he's young and I know his comments he said about him being uh, maybe not ready. But I, I look back and think of some of the some great Premier League players or even like guns like Wayne Rooney started when he was 16 for Everton Walcott I think started when he was 16 there were plenty of other top players that started when they were 17 and I think Troy Parrott was 18 now I think it's worth giving him a chance and at least that way we could play with the striker and Lucas and Bergwijn out wide and hopefully play that more attacking football that people are looking to see yeah, I think something has got to change. And then just bringing it back round to the point on the system, at the moment there isn't really a system in place, as we've said. We're relying on individual no. brilliance and just to play on the counter-attack in big games. I mean, that might work in the short term, but as we've said, long term, it's definitely not going to be sustainable. Mourinho in the week complained that he's having to fire a gun with no bullets without Kane and Son. But there's nothing to suggest that he's returned in that Chelsea game with the intention of attacking. And so it proved, I mean, what can you think we're going to be able to do long term, Em, to find a solution here? Is it the instruction of Troy? Is it tweaking the tactics? What does he need to do in order to make us, at the moment, a team that can be sustainable without those two such attacking, potent players for us? I mean, I think it's both, to be fair. Like, I'm really, I agree with George that I don't understand reluctance to include Troy Parrott in the squad. Nobody's saying start him. Nobody's saying chuck him in the deep end, make him play 90 minutes every match. But why is he not? in the squad why is he not on the bench he was deemed good enough in the summer he went to the Audi Cup he actually looked really comfortable playing against the likes you know we were in that tournament with the big boys Real Madrid Bayern Munich like what suddenly happened that he's not good enough he's made his senior international debut for Ireland like so he's it's not like he he doesn't have experience of of a higher level of, of performance and I mean if you come down to the point that we have literally nobody else I mean how much you know what <laughs> what could be wrong with playing him like it can't really get any any worse do you know what I mean with how things are up front at the moment so that's the first thing that I really don't understand and I I you know we haven't sent him out on loan either so it's not like we're trying to get him to get experience and get toughened up somewhere else it's just a waste and and with such a gaping hole up the top I just don't I don't really understand it and I do kind of wish that Mourinho would perhaps clarify that a bit more as to as, as to what is going on with that situation but I do think as well, the tactics, you know, I do think they need to change. I totally take the point about counter-attacking football and it being great and it won Leicester the league. But, you know, you have to play counter-attacking football well in order for it to work. And we are not playing it well at the moment. We don't have much pace in the middle of the park. And I think maybe Jose has to look at the the players that he has on offer to him and maybe realise that that idea of sitting deep and then hitting on the break is not necessarily something that works that well with the players that we have at the moment. I take the point about not having a defensive midfielder, so therefore the Celso can't play as far forward as he'd like. But you know what? 
we, we didn't have that before Jose came in either and, and we made it work and I'm talking about this season I know obviously we go back further on further back then then that's a different story but I think you know my issue with with Mourinho and what's happening at the moment is that the concerns over this style of play they don't just date to Harry and Sonny being out like you know this has been an ongoing problem even before Christmas you know we've we've not played a, a consistent 90 minutes of of really good strong football so far under him um, I don't agree about the point about Ben Davis. I mean, it was awful that he got injured straight off the bat, but he's not known for offering much going forward. So to say that, you know, his injury was the crumbling of the um, playing the attacking wing back system is, is not, I don't think, a, a valid argument. But also, you that, know, that wasn't I, quite that wasn't quite the point of what I was saying with David. The, the, what, what Marino was trying to say that he's doing is that with the back four is supposed to be Davies, Sanchez, Toby, Aurea. So when we're defending, it's those four. And then when we're attacking, it becomes a back three. So we have three centre-backs in Davies, Sanchez and Toby, sure, which allows Aurea to go right wing. So we, we kind of lost that when he went because it meant he had to play Vertonghen, which I think uh, yeah, he that's just obviously whole got... It, yeah, he went a bit past it. Yeah, there's a lot of other reasons. That's another podcast, I reckon. <laughs> it is. Um, but I, I, I just feel like... I think, I think Ricky, it was you who said it, we... We're not playing to our strengths. I mean, we only have limited strengths at the moment, mm. but I don't think we're playing to them with the way that Mourinho is setting us up. I mean, I do think, thank God for Lacelso. I think he's really, grow- you know, the real positive thing we can take out of the last few weeks. I mean, he's really growing into him, into his role in the Premier League and in the team. And it's really exciting to see how he's progressing so quickly. Um Endombele now is a concern. And again, it's a situation that I'm not sure is being particularly well handled. He clearly has a, a fitness issue and I don't think any of us can entirely understand what's going on because I think he only missed something like two games for Leon in the whole of last season. And I get that the Premier League in terms of pace and aggression and style is a step up, but it's not a step up to the point where you go from being able to play 90 minutes every week to not even being able to manage 30 or 40. So something's not not right there and I, I don't know... I'm, I'm what's not mad sure. about that, Em, on, on Ndombele? What's absolutely crazy is that everyone says about signing players early, giving mm. them a full pre-season. We brought yeah. Ndombele in very, very, at the very well, start of the transfer window. We brought Lo Celso in at the end of it. And you think, God, between the two players, Lo Celso yeah. looks like he's played here for years. It's, I know. It's and, quite and incredible. And Celso has recovered so well as well because he had a really big injury layoff. Yeah. Um, and so it took him a while. I don't think in the latter part of Poch's um, final final weeks with us. He was even available or only just starting to come into the team. So it's it's remarkable really how the switch has happened. I think my concern with Ndombele with the fitness is that I just feel like Mourinho has been quite public with how he's dealt with him. And I feel like if there's a problem, I, I feel like it should be kept internal and it should be worked out behind the scenes. I don't think kind of airing your dirty laundry, so to speak, is helpful with a player who's that young and who's in a new league. And who doesn't, you know, I mean, he's not even necessarily that settled here yet in as much as he doesn't really speak the language. I know he speaks a lot with Sissoko and Sissoko obviously then having this massive injury and being out of the team, that unsettles him also. Like, I feel like he needs a bit more of the kind of, I don't know, arm around the shoulder approach that I don't really think is happening right now. And I think now that's starting to impact in his performance in the fact that, you know, previously, I think up until kind of the start of the year, he couldn't play 90 minutes. But then whenever he did play, he looked like he was a, you know, a cut above everybody else on the pitch. The last couple of games, he's not even showing that now. And that's a, a real concern. I feel like he's kind of 
going a little bit backwards. And I feel that situation really, really needs addressing and needs sorting and needs to be a priority. Yeah, I mean, especially when you spend 65 million on a player. Well, you know, yeah. Club record sign, you know, you, you want to hope that, you know, we're going to get the best out of him at some point. And I think a lot of that also for me, as much as you look at Mourinho, I think a lot of that has to come down to the player in terms of fitness and, and weight. Definitely, you know, you, you have to look at the player for that as well. And we know he's on this specific training programme. Ricks, want to bring you back in here just to discuss Troy Parrott because I've got a question here from Andrew Briggs and Ryan Madden, 1991, also goes along the same lines. They say, how can Mourinho justify previously giving Parrott minutes, presenting him with the match ball, and now not to even acknowledge that he's a potential solution to many issues regarding our shape and personnel in the team? Are you surprised, Rick, that he hasn't given Parrott an opportunity in this spell? And would you like to see him given a chance now due to our lack of attacking options? Um, firstly, uh, some some could say uh, that once Mourinho came in, that that whole kind of Troy Parrot uh, was maybe like, you know, something to give to the fans, something to kind of, you know, like make us look uh, with, you know, to Mourinho w- with some warmth. You know, um, me personally, I, of course, I would I, I kind of a- agree with Emma in the sense that I would love to see him at least on the bench. OK, I totally get that you don't want to destroy um, um, a, a, a young player and put the whole world on his shoulders. And then if he doesn't, you know, if he misses a sitter, then everybody's on his back or, you know, I can understand trying to protect the player. But right now there are there is no other option. Like we don't have no other options there. So I think he should at least be on the bench as as an available option to come off of it, to try and change and to try and give the side a bit of um, energy, you know. Um, I don't like really talking about them lot down, down the road, but, um, you know, one of their young lot scored today. Do you know what I mean? And yes, he's had a bit of a loan, uh, a, a lot more football than Troy has, but it's about giving them a little go. Do you know what I mean? Greenwood as well for Man United today. He's, he scored as well. And he came in at a time where the team needed bodies. They needed a player in there and, and he took his moment. So I think with, with the position that we're in right now, I think it's it has to be an option that you you put him on the bench. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and he's there as an option. But let me just say on on the on the the the, the way that Mourinho's playing right now, this kind of sit back, this kind of tr- trying to play this counter attacking um, football. I think it's the only thing. I think I think it's his solution to the equation. With all of the pieces miss- missing, he's like, all right, cool. I've got to go back to. Mourinho basics and this is what I need to do to try and push this side forward or try and get the result um one thing to kind of take um you know you know take to mind is that um Sacramento the coach from Lille that he's brought over is a very attacking very pressing very forward thinking young coach do you know what I mean and Lille had a great uh you know they've, they've been successful with him when we Poached that coach. They poached that so coach. True. Check me. Yep. Um, so but we, but but when we poached him, they were really upset because of like they were they were worried that they were going to lose their style. So on George's kind of point that we like yes, Jose needs a full kind of squad, um, a full transfer window, uh, a full preseason to get the attacking football across. I think he's right in that. You know, um, absolutely, he's right in that. I, I, we're not going to see. The, the the side that Mourinho wants to put on the pitch right now. But this this kind of Mourinho back-to-basics tactics is what he knows. So with a patchwork quilt, that's what we're seeing. 
But as Tottenham fans, like even when we was playing terrible, we still tried. Do you know what I mean? Or there was still some type of flair about it. And that's what, like, the, there seems to be the energy being sucked out. The, the, the one positive that I can say, or the one, the, the bits of positives that I can see is that there are individual performances. There, there, there is a bit of effort. There is a bit of spirit. Do you know what I mean? You have to, you know, the, the fight against Villa, you know, um, th there is bits and pieces. You can see it against Southampton, the FA Cup game. There is bits and pieces of fight and spirit in there. It's just like individual. It's a little bit by little bit. So Hugo will be the hero. And then, you know, uh, you know, LaCelso will be the hero. And then, you know, we'll get Winksy being the hero. We'll get Toby being the hero for a minute. But it's all uh, like if, buts and maybes. It's, it's bits of the piece, pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, are on, on, cohesion, is there? Right, yeah. And every time there is, we lose one or two pieces. And then we've got to start again with back to basics Mourinho tactics. Yeah, I agree with a lot. I agree with a lot of you said. I think, like, obviously, as fans, like, none of us want to see any sort of negative football. Like, we obviously want to go watch and watch a nice, nice style of style of football. And I think you're right in the sense that we seem to be getting something right, like beating City, um, and then would lose another game, but then would win again. But then some other issues would come up, and I feel like it's just a bit unfair on Jose to, to stick the whole blame on him when everything's going because he. It seems like he has to change his tactics almost every week now. We've only really no, been this defensive I, the past two games, to be honest with you. I don't think it's fair to put all the blame on Mourinho. And I don't think anybody here is like, you yeah. know, I, I, I want to be straight. Like, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been my choice for manager, but he's our manager now and I back him. Mm -hmm. And I, do, yeah. I absolutely don't blame him for everything that's going on right now. But I think there's some things that he could do that could maybe help her, help the situation a bit more. Yeah, than, I agree. Than I agree currently is, but yeah, of course. I mean, God, any team that's going to lose their two blessed players and their entire front line is going to have a problem. But you know, he needs to. We still have four, five I months think we just of need season to, to go. He needs to yeah. find something to to work with it. I think. I think right now we're just going to have to face the fact that we need to slug out as many wins as possible, given the amount of injuries. I mean, he he still managed to win Man United and FA Cup with probably a worse squad than we have. So yeah. that's something that we can hopefully look forward to is if we can get a good good cup on and hopefully win that competition, then you, you can almost salvage the end of the season a little bit. When you talk about, George, the word slug out the, the wins, I mean, question here from Steve Bunyan, who says, I don't mind us being defensive without the ball, but when we get it, we can't keep the fucking thing. String two yeah. passes together. I was all from Mourinho <laughs> at the beginning, but had my reservations. My patience has been sorely tested now by this shit football. What do you make to that? I mean, I agree with you that you've got to give him time. He needs at least a pre-season. Yeah. He really does need to bring his own players in. We've got to take into account here that, let's be honest about it, if the season had started when that man came in, we would have been 11 points ahead of Chelsea. I, I think mm -hmm. we, we have to take into account that what he's having to work with, it is tricky. But the other question here, George, I want to ask you is that yep. when you look at his post-match press conference and that he makes it very, very clear that from his perspective, you know, it's difficult to do better, especially when the opponent scores before us, simple as that. How do you think that must make Mora, Ali, Bourgeois and Phil when they hear their coach saying the team are incapable of getting a result once they concede a goal? Does that, does that give them any confidence, you know, going forward? Or is he just being re real there? Um, I, I, I feel like, obviously, as a player, that's probably going to hurt a, a fair bit hearing that. But then, I, I don't know, I also just remember everyone complaining about how mysterious Poch's messages were in his post-match interviews. I just feel like that could be even as confusing for the players, unless he told them straight up in the dressing room, I don't know. But right now, when we're not 
winning games, I feel like I'd rather a manager be straight up about why we're performing badly, like properly analyse what the situation is, and then hopefully we can improve from there. But from a player's point of view, it might, it might, it might be a bit different. We'll win all the ones on the pitch every week having to, <laughs> to, to try and get those goals and perform. So. No, I agree. I agree. I think, again, like you said, we, we have to give it time. One final one here. Adrian Toner says, does anybody actually enjoy watching Spurs play under Jose Mourinho? Is, is that a fair question, Jules, sticking with you to ask at the moment? Can that be fair to judge, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that I think that is fair for people to ask, like what, like whether people are happy or not with with the way the games have been going, um, especially when we're so used to what the past six years Poch developing this nice tiki taka style of football, nice attacking moves. But then again, you just, I think the results are almost speaking for themselves for the most part. I mean, look at where we were with Poch's nice style of play at the start of the season. We were what fourteenth when Mourinho came in. And now he's trying to implement his new style and we're now in touch and distance of the Champions League spot again. So at the end of the day, I think for me, Spurs, the past five, six years have built something incredible, with, it, especially with the style of football. That's what everything wants, what everyone wants to see. But right now, the main, main focus for us is definitely trophies. And we've brought in a manager with pedigree who's won 25 trophies, who knows how to win trophies. Like I said earlier with Man United, with a squad that was probably worse than ours. So I think, again, it's, it's, we're, we're going to be disappointed with, with the way we're playing. But if he bags us an FA Cup by the end of the year, are people going to be complaining then? That, that's my like, counter question to that. Joel, really. I like the fact you asked that, George. I'm going to ask that very quickly to both Rick and Em. Then we're going to go for a quick break. Final one, to kind of wrap this point up on the start of play before we have to go and review that Chelsea game, as painful as it's going to be. Em, for you, if he, dis- <laughs> if he does deliver an FA Cup, or he, he does deliver top four, or somehow miraculously he would win the Champions League. Is that enough for you to swallow yes. the current style of play? Well, I mean, of course you're going to say, yeah, you know, we're not going to turn... Well, well I, you, I'd you like say that think... some fans, I'll be honest with you, um, some fans out there would probably say for them, the style of play is more meaningful to them than even the trophies. There, there are some I, fans I mean, out well, there. Well, I think on, on a long-term basis, absolutely. But I mean, let's, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We haven't won a trophy for 12 years. It'll be now this season if we don't win anything. That's a long time. Yeah. And we got so, so close last year. And like when, when once you've got so close, of course, you want to, you know, you want a taste of that again. Um, so, I, you know, of course, if he was to turn around and win us a trophy this season, and actually for me, finishing in the top four is not a trophy for this particular argument so not even now though F- not even now no, for you. When you not, not 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 for me really? personally okay I can, not in this particular context I can understand why a lot of other people would say it is but you know I for me personally I Mourinho as everybody has said has a proven track record as a trophy winner he was known as the special one for me the special one is not constantly finishing in the top four the special one is winning stuff and Pochettino got us constantly finishing in the top four and that wasn't enough for our fans and for our chairman. So um, it has to be the next step for me. It has to be a trophy. Um, and given all the the horrendous problems we've had so far this season, uh, particularly on the injury front, then yes, of course, I would put up with it being horrific at the moment to, to walk away with the FA Cup or in your wildest dreams, the Champions League at the end of this season. But on a long-term basis, no, that's not sustainable. Like this is... You know, nobody, you don't, as a Tottenham fan, let's be honest, you don't go week in, week out because you want to win trophies. 
um, you know, we want to be entertained. You we want to do, enjoy I, I, yourself. I don't you mean. We, we, we should, should do. be, but I mean, you I know, know what mean. I mean. Yeah, Particularly if you're from my generation and you lived through the 90s and all the shit that came with that, then, you know, <laughs> just winning a few games in a row is a nice is a nice change. But no, the thing is, is that it's not all about the results always. It's about how you play and it's about how you feel and how the team makes you feel and how much you enjoy being there. And I think the tough thing at the moment is that none of us are really enjoying this in like any way, shape or form. And then at the same time, we're not consistently getting the results either. So it's kind of like you're, it's, it's kind of like a bit of a lose lose because you're not enjoying the football, but you're also not grinding out results every week that you need to be. So, you know, one of the two things has got to get better. Either you grind out the results and that gets you to the trophy, even if it's God awful to watch or you start bringing back some enjoyment to the game. And yeah, we might not get there, but at least we'll enjoy the journey, much like the the run to the Champions League final last season. So it's a tough question. It's quite a unique situation, I think, at the moment, given when Mourinho came in and what we've, the hand we've been dealt this season with with injuries and setbacks and the like. So yes, I mean, for the next few months, if it, if it meant we got a trophy at the end of it, then I'll live with it. But I can't live with it long term. I'm not sure anybody can really there's a reason that Mourinho generally spends about three years at a club and then he's off you know this is meant to be the moment it changes for us and he's going to be a long term this is what we hope and pray I mean listen <laughs> history is history isn't it you can't get away from that and Rick I'll ask you that question and for you if he does deliver a cut of trophies can you swallow the style of play for the moment um okay so <laughs> um I, I, I uh, when you asked about the board question, just just to jump back on that, like I, I don't think I've ever been as bored. Like there's been more times where I've been I've watched the TV and my my head has been in my hands, or I've been like, oh, what is going on here? Do you know what I mean? Like um, as much as I've I have under Mourinho, right? So like I don't want to I don't want to bash him, but 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 to answer that question. I, there's been more times under Mourinho that I've been like, oh my God, what is this? Seriously? Even then, more then, as a whole under Poch for you then? So even Poch is here under five years for you, you've still been... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Listen, okay. the, thing, the, the thing is with Poch is that he the only time that that gentleman ever, ever dipped was this season. The reason that, that it dipped was because, yes, he was heartbroken after the Champions League. But yeah, but mo- majority, majority of the problem was that half of the squad didn't want to be there to play for us. The other half we didn't want. Then we needed to reinvest, and it didn't happen. Yeah, so there's a the, so uh, that beginning of of Poch's it, the 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 first half of this season with Poch. That's why we was having the problems that we was having. That, uh, uh, to, to my opinion. What about the but last half of the season? That, I have so, to ask you that last half of the season where yeah, we did so, fall apart as well. Yeah, but it was disappointing for me. So I was disappointed mm. because I could see yep. that there were certain players that didn't want to be there, or there was cert, like certain bits of the love for Tottenham wasn't there no more. So it, it, it started crumbling off. So it was more disappointing. It was more heartbreaking for me. Do you know what I mean? To sit, to see that happen and um, to let it all fall to pieces because we didn't do what we needed to do when we needed to do it. We, when we needed to, you know, when we needed to sell trips or when we needed to sell Ericsson, do you know what I mean? Or when we needed to sell these players. Like we sold Dembele at the wrong time, I feel. To, to get a little 10, 11 mil, he, we, I, I would have happily have kept him and just played him in the Champions League and we would have got to the, the, the final and who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows, right? But, sorry, but, um, sorry, tell me the question again, Rick, because I've ranted. It's fine. Listen, where, where, for, you where now, is that? for you now, 
Right. If, could you um, swallow the style of football if we right. end up with a couple of trophies at the end of the season? But for, for, for me, well, one trophy. I, I'm not. I'm not uh, being greedy. One trophy is enough. <laughs> well, I say that we need but, top four. We still need Champions League. I reckon. I still think we need Champions I, League. I know, but for me, I'm like one of those fans that you said that like style of play and the way we play is a little bit more important to me than um, an FA Cup or a League Cup. Um, I, the, the the thing is that I I grew up during that '90s period. I grew up with you know Asimovic and do you know what I mean and and Bunchacevic and Mido and don't get me started. All right, Tramanzani. I grew up with these players. I grew up with mm. getting it at school See, and all of that. The generation the now fir- don't know this. The hard thing. The generation no. now they, they, they <laughs> no. do not understand that. The problems they, they will say, "What are you talking about the '90s for? Why do you revert it back to the '90s?" But I, I totally get where you're coming from, Rick. It you know from where we've come from to now. I get the, the massive differences and I understand yeah. that. So for you at the moment, you know, the style is a, is a massive thing for you. That has to change. For me, yeah. And I think, to, to, to be fair to Mourinho, I think that he's going to try and, and play attacking forward play in football with the, with the coaches that he's brought in and with the plans that he's got. I think, yes, he's limited to his Mourinho basics. But right now, for me, style of play and the way we play is more important. We had more chance against any of the top six with Poch and playing the way that we played, pressing high, you know what I mean? Like even the, the end, energy. Rick, even at the end for you, yeah? Even at the end. Look, but, but at the end, it was over. All right, yes, it was over. Like, it was crumbling, yeah? But it t- t- for me, Ricks, yeah, look, the end of Pochettino was disappointing and heartbreaking, yeah? But I still think it was his, uh, it was his first dip. And I still think if he was... To be backed and loved, and if he, if what would have come in or what was promised to him that was gonna come in during the summer would have happened, then I think we would have been in a better place with Poch. Yes, he's allowed a dip. Look at he he took over he took over Tottenham at the time where we was we at, and we know what we was doing. And look how he built us. We became dangerous under him. We became fearful under him. We became strong under him. We took the young ones and we was in a position of power. We never we never built on that position of power like what Liverpool are doing, bringing in Minamoto, doing what they're doing here and there. They're building on their position of power. We never done that. We built this position of power. We showed the league how to bring in the young ones and how to bring in the youth and then let them take over. Let Man United youth take over. Let Chelsea's youth take over. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's I like, the, the, the it's, problem it's, comes it's back different. to the board then. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For me, time. that's the where the blame. That, absolutely, Georgie. That's where the blame lays at for me. I don't want to say Levy, but I'm going to say the full board because we don't know what limitations yeah, Levy's under. Agreed. Yeah, well, Levy works but, for the ball. When people say Levy out, this is the crazy thing. Levy works for the ball. So if you're saying Levy exactly. out, you mean the, you mean the ball day? Oh, you mean it's, Joe it's the Lewis. whole of Enix. You're talking about Enix in general. But again, I think the point on Pochettino for me is that I look at this squad and I think at the end of that period. The issue was that those players kept with him for five years because during that period they actually believed there would be an end goal and there would be trophies. For me, after that Champions League final, he lost that dressing room to the point where the players stopped believing in him. And the reality is because of the amount of players it would have taken to buy, it was easier for Tottenham to change the head coach than it was to go out and replenish the full squad. but but, this, but yeah. the problems are still there though. They Rick. are still there. The, prob- the, the, the problems are still the there. We're still going for a rebuild, Rick. So the, the thing is, at the yeah. moment, we still need to. This, get this, this is rebuild. why we need the summer. Badly. Co- of course, we need the summer. That's what Mourinho's alluding to. But I think we shouldn't forget that. You know, we wouldn't even be in this top four race had Mourinho not come in when he did 
and improve no. things. I think we'll always be thankful. Listen, we loved Pochettino. Yeah. We wanted it to yeah. work under him. And I think Definitely. any of us on this show could ever say we didn't love the man or we didn't want it to work. But I think the reality is after that Champions League final, it came to its natural expiry date. It was never going to work under that yeah. current group. Many players gave up. They stopped believing and there was a need for a change. But I think with Mourinho coming in, the way for me, I can only see this working long term. I know people are laughing when I'm saying the word long term and Mourinho is that he does try and understand the concept that for Tottenham fans, we like to play with a bit of style. We always have yeah. done, regardless of who's in charge, the players we've got, Spurs have always been about playing in a certain way, you know, in an attacking style. And I know Mourinho, to some, he'll never be that kind of head coach, but I think we have to give him the opportunity, at least in pre-season, have his own players in, to move some of these players out, yep. you know, the likes of Rose Agreed. permanently, that doesn't want to be here. Wanyama, God, how is he still here? He's got to go. There's players yeah. that we have to move on, and also bring in players that he wants to work with, to actually see what the identity is come the start of August. And then really then, I think you can debate it, but we are going to go for a very quick break. After that, we're getting our teeth into Chelsea. And if that wasn't painful enough already, see you shortly. Now, we're delighted once again here on The Last Word on Spurs to be sponsored by Harry's. Whether you're Harry Kane, you're Harry Winks, everybody needs to have a reliable, affordable and great quality razor. And that is where Harry steps in. And what is even more refreshing about Harry's as a company is that it supports the football community. Not just by supporting our podcast, but also supporting football's other guys. The five-a-side teams, the Sunday League squads that bring the bibs, lay down the cones and tape the goalposts every Sunday. All for the love of the game. Harry's will be celebrating grassroots football with a competition at the start of March. Think changing room makeovers, new kits goalposts and other much needed things to revitalise the grounds of all the local teams. To find out more about their competition or to get started with Harry's right now, simply head to harrys.com forward slash spurs. For just £3.95, you'll receive a trial set worth originally £11.50, which includes a razor handle, a five blade razor cartridge, foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover. Again, all for £3.95. Go to harrys.com forward slash Spurs right now and get on this offer. That's harrys.com forward slash Spurs. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you for joining us for the second half. We know that was a little bit of a painful first half, maybe for some of you, in terms of the style of play. We hope it's going to get better. But what is it going to get better is talking about that Chelsea game from Saturday because we have to get into it. George, I'm going to start with you. We saw Tanganga and Undembele start for Tottenham with Jan Vertonghen also returning mm-hmm. to the back line. Mourinho correctly predicted Chelsea lining up with a back three with Aurea, Jedson and Ali amongst the subs. When you saw the team, George, any shocks for you there or was that what you were roughly expecting? Um, that was that was roughly what I was expecting. I, despite his kind of recent lack of performances, I still thought Delhi would start, especially when it's like Chelsea at the Stamford Bridge. I mean, the amount of times he scored against Chelsea before already... Um, and I feel like we could have used a bit of that that anger that he had against Leipzig. I feel like we could have used a bit of that. But apart from that, that's more or less what I expected the team to be, given given our situation. Okay, and then we'll have to get straight into that first goal. I mean, M, you know, mm-hmm. Giroud scoring, it was typical, wasn't it? The guy we were linked with yeah. towards the end of that January yeah. transfer window, which I know, again, some of weren't course. keen on him coming to the club. Of course, 
he was going to score against Tottenham. Of course, it would be him. The, the crazy thing about that move was Chelsea had three opportunities to put the ball in the back of the net and Spurs were just completely all over the place at the back. No one really knew exactly what they were doing. Tanganga really, I think, for the first game, you could say he looked a little bit out of his depth there. It wasn't really his fault, to be fair. For the amount of games he's had, I think he's been tremendous. But, I mean, I have to say, Jan Vertonghen, for you, Em, I know Alderweire will get a lot of stick as well um, for the way he dealt with that move. But do you blame Vertonghen for turning his back to the ball there for Giroud's goal, or do you think I'm looking too OTT on that? Oh, I mean, I think, it, to be honest, I think it's harsh to just blame him because I think you had it right. No, I mean, all of them, all of them culpable in that back line. All of them. I think when, when you said the whole, like, the whole defence didn't know, know what they were doing in that move, I think that's exactly the point. Like, there was a real lack of cohesion and understanding and positional play. And I mean, for me, I know George said that he, he thought that the back line was right. I personally don't understand why he he started Tanganga not because I don't rate Tanganga I think he's awesome and he's got so much potential but he's a centre-back um, and when he plays on the right he does look weaker and considering Aurier was available I just I cannot understand why we put Tanganga in that position because I think um, particularly having conceded that goal in the first half relatively early on I think it knocked his confidence um, but I mean to bring it back with what you said about Jan I think we can all probably agree now that Jan is is tragically, and it's really sad because he was one of my favourite players for a long time at Spurs. But he's 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 gone. Like his his um, I mean, the legs he, are gone, aren't they? The, the legs the are legs, off the, the player. The legs are gone, yeah. but not just the legs. The mind is gone as well. Like as in, he he no longer reads the game. I think in the same way that he did before. And I don't know whether it's because him and Toby don't have as consistent a partnership anymore. Whether because Toby isn't playing that well himself anymore. Um, and you know they they were such a, a strong unit the two of them together I don't know it's hard to put an exact kind of finger on what the, the specific reason is but he is just not the player that he was and I don't think he ever will be now for us anymore and for me I wouldn't be starting him anymore I mean I know we can argue that we went with five at the back so that was the reason but I I just don't think, sadly, I think he, his legs have gone. I don't think he's good enough to be in our starting eleven anymore. And that breaks my heart because he was one of my favourite players. But time and time again now, he's culpable for, for individual errors that you know, don't always necessarily lead directly to goals, but they contribute to the, the, the unsettledness of the defence. And, you know, whether that's Toby having to clear something up or Sanchez having to clear something up or someone having to run around to cover. Like, it's it's just, you know... We have enough problems as it is at the moment without having to carry poor defenders. And I think what's really weird about this whole the whole period under Mourinho, and I think we all thought that when he arrived, that the defence would be the one thing we kind of wouldn't have to worry about, you know? He's, yeah, the that he was does at, every he, job, he's sure the defence up. Yeah, he's the manager for shoring the defence up, for making you really difficult to beat and making it really difficult to score against you. And he's arrived at Tottenham and it's literally the opposite effect. Um, and it's really weird. But I think, you know, for me, I... Yeah, I mean, I think Jan's done and I'm massively disappointed in Toby at the moment. I think ever since he signed his new contract, he's actually dropped a significant level in performance compared to his normal standards. I'm not sure what's behind that. I don't know if it's because he finally got what he wanted or things were finally settled and he's kind of taken his foot off a bit or maybe because he's just had a, another baby. I know he arrived. I think it was Valentine's Day. Uh, maybe it's a lack of sleep, new dad syndrome. But something's not, you know, he's not not on the ball either. I think Davinson's actually been our best performing 
Um, he's been superb. Best performing player yeah, in that back superb. line recently. Really and good. I've been really impressed with how he's taken on the responsibility and how he continues to grow. Like, yeah, he makes mistakes, but he will. He's young. He's, you know, he's a centre-back and he's learning. But I have been super impressed with with how much he's developed. And, and that's a lot of, you know, heart for me for the future. But yeah, I mean, back to the Chelsea game, it, that first goal, just shambolic defending. And it's typical of a lot of goals that we've conceded over the past few months, unfortunately. It just feels like they don't know what each other's supposed to be doing. It's like they're four or five strangers playing out there. Mm. I mean, Ricks, that goal came from Lucas having no one near him turned into traffic and losing the ball and sometimes like M says there you wonder having so many defensive players it also means they don't take responsibility assuming someone else will do with it and we simply didn't I mean it was crazy kamikaze that first goal to concede yeah it was but you know um, it almost felt like we was waiting for them to score as well you know um it it it, it 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 seemed like you know Chelsea was on top of us. They wanted to show us that you know, especially in the first ten minutes, uh, first fifteen minutes, that they were going to dominate the game, and and they they tried to do that in every which way. Every time we tried to play out from the back or we tried to nick something forward, it got shut down really really quick. Um, you know, they, it looked like Chelsea had an extra player on the field, and they were you know all six foot nine basketball players. It looked like you know they they. It looked like they were bigger, stronger, and quicker to the ball than us. And and we know that, like like you said earlier, is you know Chelsea have been poor recently. That they, they, not that they were there for the taking. I know you said that in a tweet, but you know they, they there was definitely that they wasn't at their strongest. So if, if we went to fight, then we we could have like those last 15, 20 minutes. Maybe it could have been a different result. But I think that yeah, Lampard first... was under pressure as well going into That's that what game. I mean. They've lost nine, absolutely. nine Premier League games. They've lost. When I said about being under, you know, there for the taking, I just mean the point that they've lost so yeah. many Premier League games. I think the most at home in terms of the top six. That is why I felt that game there was the opportunity for anyone to learn absolutely. from the mistakes we made at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. To go and rectify those, Rick. I mean, are you surprised by just how slow we start the game? I mean, that's another point. I know yeah. a lot of people are saying that at the moment with Spurs, we just seem to be so reactive. I mean, it kind of sums up the club that we are <laughs> reactive in everything that we do at the moment. Again, I know we bring it back yeah. to the board, but you know, starting games, Rick, so slow. That is also, you feel at the moment, one of our biggest issues. And that goes back not just to Mourinho's time here, even Pochettino's time. You know, we start yeah. the game so, so slow. I, and I don't know why, my friend. I, don't, I, I haven't got a clue why. Um, I, I, I don't know whether it's the it's uh, Mourinho's tactic to kind of try and control the game, you know, sit back, you know, uh, you know, absorb some of the pressure to to start with, and then hit them on the break and play this counter-attacking football. But it's it's obviously not working, especially in the first half, because we are always the first ones to concede. Like Mourinho wanted to talk in the press conference conference about, you know, it's easier for us. To, to win if we score first. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to say that. It's worrying, but, though, isn't it? It's worrying. But here, at the it? same mm. time, exactly, it's very worrying because mm. we are always the Conceded. first ones to concede <laughs> within the first five to ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, massively yeah. worrying. Massively worrying. I mean, uh, George, question here from Dennis Menace, who says, when are we going to start a game with our foot on the accelerator? Um... I can't tell you. I don't know if we will. <laughs> it's been it's been a long time since I've seen us start off a game pretty well. It probably was what Burnley five 0 was the last. Well, someone time reminded we me. Someone, someone really reminded well. me actually during that Burnley game when I put that 
across on Love Sport on Thursday. Someone said, actually, Burnley did it the post, I think, at 1-0 in that game. It, it could have, listen, it could have changed it. But I look at the Palace game, maybe under Pochettino, where we did start like a train. We won, won that game, what, 4-5-0 under him. Maybe you could say that's yeah. been the only time really this season that we have started like a train. Um, I mean, it's called the crazy train. There's nothing crazy about this at the moment. But, <laughs> to, to, I mean, George, you can't put your finger on where it's going to change in terms of, you know, setting up-wise and, and playing-wise. We have to, as a team, start a lot more faster. Otherwise, we're not going to get the results, are we? Yeah, I, I last agree. Last three games. Last three games, guys. Last three games. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if we could just reverse the end yeah. to the beginning, we'll be all right. You know, the last 20 minutes, the Mella came on, we'd be fine. What, you know, why can't we just play like that from the start? There must be a lack of confidence somewhere in, in the side mm. because surely we've got the players that can control the ball. That's what Ndombele and Lascelles are supposed to be there for. This is and the yet crazy we don't thing. seem to be doing it. That's, that's the crazy thing, George, to... isn't it? Back to your point there. You know, systems should not affect the player to be able to control football, yeah. should they? Yeah, I was extremely, extremely disappointed in Ndombele against Chelsea um, because yeah. I had such high hopes for him. Like, I thought there's... And even then, to be fair, even when he was playing badly, he's still one of the only players on our team that actually just drives the ball forward, which is what we've been missing for a long time. Um, but don't think about that. I think his performance was was terrible, and I was just extremely disappointed, especially because it was his first start in a long time. I feel like it was his chance to prove that yeah, I'm going to be making this first team. I'm going to be here, like solidify my spot, especially with all the injuries with Sissoko and and with Dyer not playing so well either. Um, so I just I just feel like that didn't really help us because he was giving the ball away. Even Winks in the first half was giving the ball away a lot, got the yellow card as well. Um, I feel like Gio is like the only bright spark in our team at the moment. And like you said as well, Lamella coming off the bench seemed to bring some sort of energy into the team, which yeah. we've been missing and probably deserves a start in the next game with the way things are going. Yeah, I think he's one of those players in the last 20 minutes. If only we could have that, you know, that, that kind of that energy, that passion from all the players. And you know what? We'd have I, half I think, a chance. I think, yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, I think Lucas has been a bit run down. I think, it, for me personally, I think he is so much better coming off the bench to inject that energy and pace the same way we've been doing with Lamella recently. It's just funny, George, you say that just, on Lucas. I've got to ask you, George, do you feel for you, and a lot of fans I, I hear saying this, again, I don't know how everyone mm-hmm. feels about that, but some feel that he's living off the back of that Ajax hat-trick. Would you go as far as that, or do you think also he's just he's absolutely knackered at the moment because of the amount of games he's being asked to play in such a short amount of time? Yeah, I, th- I think more of the latter than the first one. I think, obviously, I- I've seen a lot of fans say that as well. And I think it's uh, it's, it's, it's annoying because th- there have been other games where he's been so crucial to us. Um, but he just, the ones where he's been totally ineffective is when he's playing that lone striker or, or playing striker in general. He's clearly uh, like so much better playing on the wing, like we saw against Villa. He seemed like more of a threat playing out on the wide right than he was playing up front. And I think now the fact that Son's gone as well as Kane He's almost forced to play there and he's playing every game, playing a full 90 minutes. And we're supposed to be having Bergwijn and Lucas as rapid wingers to terrorise other teams' fullbacks and defence. But they can't do that because they're being forced to play striker and they're running the tank empty. And that's why we saw Bergwijn had to come off on the game, even though I thought he was one. I thought he was playing better than Lucas. And I don't know, I think I think a lot of them are just looking knackered, to be honest with you. And that's why I think going back on that whole Troy Parrott situation, if we can just 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 play him so that we can allow either players to have a rest or allow, like you guys were saying earlier, for Lucas and Bergwijn to play to their strengths and play on the wing 
and use their pace to terrorise the fullbacks. To be fair to Lucas, he did find a second win late on. He did play the through ball to Lamella in the build up to the Rudiger own goal, which earned him, you know, an, an extra mark. You would say, but you know, back to the and then another goal we can see them. You know, again Spurs the, the way you know in terms of how our defence was pulled apart, you know, Mount and Bartley, they worked the space to a tee up for Alonso, an outstanding finish to be fair from the edge of the box, but it all started again from a throw down the Chelsea right, and you think, you know, Spurs, again, you know, we're not compact enough, are we? You know, and that's an opportunity there, you know, in this game, we're still at 1-0, we're still very much in this game. I know, listen, even despite Reno saying, you know, that we're going to struggle to score when the opposition score first, but you think... You know, keeping we, it a one yeah. nil, we would have nerved Chelsea one nil for them in the second half. They would have been nerves there, wouldn't they? But that all vanished after that but second that, goal. Exactly. No, exactly. I mean, you, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. You know, I remember when when it got to half time, I literally remember saying to my boyfriend, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is only one nil. We're actually still in it." And then to just, you know, this whole thing about possession is really concerning for me because we seem to have totally lost the ability to string more than three or four passes together without losing the ball. And I get the fact that, you know, we're not necessarily in the position where we can play lots of slow, build-up, beautiful, tiki-taka football. I get that. But bloody hell, you should be able to keep the ball for more than three passes in a go. And the amount of times that we invite pressure onto ourselves because we give the ball away unnecessarily all the time. And we give it away in what look like innocuous areas, but then we can't get it back. And then the next thing you know, you have somebody like Alonso getting on the end of a shot and bang, it's in the back of the net and you're 2-0 down. And it's unnecessary. And I don't, this this never used to be, with this squad, this did not used to be a problem. I don't know what's happened to them. And this is, again, this thing about, I feel like there's a real lack of cohesion and lack of plan because I, I feel like it, it looks sometimes like it's 11 strangers playing on the pitch and none of them know what the other one is doing. And yeah, okay, some are having to play out of position, like Lucas, like Bergwijn. I mean, it'd be interesting if he'd started with Delhi and maybe put Delhi up top and had Lucas and Bergwijn playing off him. I mean, I don't know. Might might have worked, might not have worked. But I think, you know, you, that's why you spend your, your, your days in training is that you do those drills and you understand what's expected of everybody, even if you're not playing in the positions that you expect. But with us, it just feels like we're wandering around the pitch, kind of just waiting to see what happens rather than actually trying to dictate something and I think both goals that we conceded on on Saturday against Chelsea were symptomatic of that I just think we're just waiting for things to happen we're not doing we're only reacting and I kind of feel like well where can that have come from is that come from the manager has that come from players not listening like it it's it seems you know like it's... such a strange way to play do you know what I mean yeah, but it's it's weird. I, f- I feel like that's just been our story the whole season. Like I think yeah, from I the get go on Aston Villa, I've like I just remember. I think that's been the common theme in almost all of my vlogs. I've just kept on saying why are we giving the ball away there? Why are we giving the, like, how are we giving the ball away? I just feel like that's just been a massive, massive issue this year. Mm. But and it's all been different players as well. It's been different players, different teams, different managers, and we're still just giving the ball away. And I don't really know what the issue is. You're right. Like, is, is, is something happening in training? Then as certain players aren't working well together. Honestly, I, I haven't got a clue. It's just it's, it's been very strange. They got to sort it out though, because otherwise we just oh, you know the thing is is that Mourinho quite rightly well or rightly for him says that well you know if we concede first then then we've got problems. It's like well yeah if we keep giving the ball away like this then we're going to keep conceding first and then the pattern just repeats itself and repeats itself and that's immensely frustrating to watch as a fan. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what it must be like to watch as a manager because I'm. 
I'd like to think he's not drilling his players to go out and do that. Well, I'd say so, he's tearing your hair out, but he already, has, he already has torn it out. He's gone bald. Yeah, he's already <laughs> yeah. So, shaved it off. That's, just, that's what it's said. That's what he's done to you. I mean, that's what he's done in the space. He's <laughs> only been here a couple of months and already the bloke's Welcome had to, to shave Spurs, his hair off. Jose. Welcome to Spurs. We've already broken the man already. And it's not even the start of his uh, the new season like he's wanted yet. But I mean, <laughs> the only bit of luck we had, Rick, and I say the only bit of luck, is that Giovanni Lachelso's challenge, as we saw the weekend, it was a horrific challenge, to be fair. And he obviously didn't mean to do it. The intent wasn't there which may have been the reason why originally, before Stockley Park came out and admitted they made the wrong decision, why he ended up staying on the field, that he will not now retrospectively be banned. So it does mean we've still got the Chelsea for the upcoming games, which is a relief bearing in mind that at the moment, creativity-wise, we're not really doing much. And he is one of those players that, in these last couple of months, he has been, for us, the Celso, our brightest spark, hasn't he? Yeah, he has been, and it's great to see him get the 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 games under his belt and to to have that confidence from Mourinho as well. And and we've seen him grow uh, game on game. Yeah, it is a bit of luck that there ain't no uh, retrospective action, and it wasn't a red card. When I saw it firstly uh, in real time, it it didn't seem like a red card to me. It seemed like a manu- It seemed like a movement. And when uh, it slowed down on his foot, it, I don't know whether you've ever. Put, you know, if you if you've ever stepped on Lego, or you know, like, or if there's been a snail on the floor or something, and you put your your foot down and you suddenly feel it, and your foot comes straight back up, but his his toe, as he puts his toe down, it's, he he doesn't never put his heel down to kind of like you know try and do him. It's almost like his toe hits, he can feel it, and he's not trying to. It wasn't malicious, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I tell you what was tough, tough to, to what was tough to see on Saturday was that we was playing with a back five that was a back five um, and then three or four in midfield with one up front. So we're, we're playing, we was trying to play with like a deep block and we still wasn't very hard to break down, which was, you know, that, that was tough, tough to watch in itself. And even then, even when they was playing in that formation, you know, obviously they were trying to do four, uh, what is it? Five, three, two or whatever it was. They were trying to go there, but there just seemed so much space around every individual. Now there wasn't that space when we used to defend. We used to defend in packs. When we used to we, when we used to attack, we used to attack in packs. And it just seems that there is so much space around us for Chelsea to just kind of nick the ball off of us and play the play whichever which way they wanted to play, whether it was through ball or over the top or round the back, whichever which way they wanted to do it, they could do it. And there was always. Um, an extra touch in there from a Tottenham player for a Chelsea player to nick it off of them as well. Do you know what I mean? And then there's a ton of space around them for him to run into. So I don't know how we, what was tough to see was, I don't know how we played five at the back and still was so hard to break down, but yet there was so much space for Chelsea to run into and dictate. So um, yes, it's it's a positive on Gio, but on the other side of things, I was just kind of like, oh, it was, it was, it made me squint a little bit, Rich. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think we're very lucky that we have got the opportunity now to have him available for these next few games. And that's the only thing really you can take yeah. out of that because it was a real disappointing display. Uh, one thing I do want to pick up on him was it took Mourinho until the 78th minute to send on Ali in the place of Steven Bergwijn. Did that surprise you just by how late that substitution came? Could it have come a bit earlier for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think George mentioned it earlier on in the show as well. Like The real big frustration... Uh, with Mourinho um, on Saturday was the fact that he made no no effort to change anything 
after we went 2-0 down and he just waited and waited and waited. And I mean, I, I remember we used to have the same frustration with Pochettino quite often that he would wait very late to make substitutions. And I think early on with Mourinho, I remember he hooked Eric Dyer, didn't he? I'm trying to remember the match now. After, yes, Monaco. After like half an Monaco, hour. Monaco, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. After like half an hour mm. and everyone was like, whoa, here's someone who's actually it's, not it's afraid the to change things it's up. It's the Mourinho exactly. masterclass, yeah. And yet that seems to have deserted him too. Now, I don't know what's going on with Delhi. Um, he has been in poor form, I think it's fair to say, the last probably couple of months. But I think, again, like was mentioned earlier on, he's got a fantastic record against Chelsea and he's also got that aggro. He loves facing Chelsea. He loves London Derby. He, you know, that kind of needle is perfect for him. Um, I think dropping him, I, I think his display of petulance after being substituted against Leipzig, I think may have cost him his place in the team on Saturday. Um, and rightly or wrongly, uh, he should have been involved much, much earlier um, on Saturday than he was. Uh, and I was disappointed in Mourinho that he did not make that change or indeed any change uh, until not quite too late to do anything about it because obviously Lamella came on and then you know, he his aggression and his drive, uh, you know, got us the got us the goal, which might have got us back into the game. But um, I, I just feel like, you know, he was just sitting there waiting for something to change when it was very clear that nothing was going to change. And once you've already conceded two goals, I think then it's the point to go, well, OK, maybe this whole sitting back and being, you know, five across the back and all sitting behind the ball is not really working for us, you know. And yet he didn't make any changes um, at that point. So, so yeah, I would have liked to have seen Delhi on a lot earlier. Um, I actually would have preferred to see him starting, but that's, you know, that's by the by, it's done. And if he, him and Mourinho are having an issue at the moment, then that's for them to sort out. But um, yeah, I think the the lack of, of desire to change things up when clearly our game plan wasn't working was was a real disappointment on Saturday. Mm. Like you said there, and the maybe one again, along with Giovanni Chelsea, the positive we can look back on was the performance of Eric Lamella, who, to be fair yeah. to him, you know, coming on the way he did, you know, he, he did play ever so well. You know, he, he made and tried to make things happen. George, with Lamella's introduction, it was the first yep. player Mourinho turned to during that game. He worked ever so hard. He resulted into his run into the box and attempted a pass on the slide to Ali, which deflected off Rudiger and into his net. He also then after that launched himself into tackle after tackle to win the ball back for Tottenham. Do you feel that's going to be the player that you feel at the moment will be one of these first names on the team sheet if it's a big if, if he can keep him fit? Uh, yeah, I think, to be honest, his past couple of games, he's shown that he deserves a start, uh, at least for the next for the next couple. Um, and I think that, again, like just going back just to kind of what I was saying earlier, I just want to clarify that when I was saying that, like kind of five at the back is what I wanted or expected at the start of the game. I, what I was like trying to say is that I like the idea of the fact that we don't really have the options available. So we know we've got a lot of defenders and we know we're playing at Stamford Bridge, which we've won once in the last 30 years. So I thought maybe going five at the back was the right thing to do. But then clearly it wasn't working. We conceded pretty early on and then we conceded again. It was just so frustrating to watch that he wasn't changing the team. And I thought even when he brought Lamella on, the fact that it wasn't for a defender was even more frustrating. It was like we still had... Vertonghen on the pitch and then later on he brought Serge Aurier for, for Toby it was one of the weirdest substitutions I've ever seen so I, I feel like that was the the perfect chance for him to change the formation up take Vertonghen off to bring either Lamella or Deli on and then again like e even with Lamella coming on with a bright spark as he did we didn't get the goal until Deli was also on 
because we finally switched to that Delhi being up front with Lucas and Lamella playing out wide. So that's clearly that's clearly our strong point and it's where we're getting goals. So I feel like that's how we kind of need to set up going forward is having two wingers and then either having Delhi or 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 maybe having Lamella and Bergwijn out wide with Lucas up top. So some sort of uh, combination of the of the three and not really go for the two smallest players that we have playing striker. Well, I'm glad you said that in terms of setting up moving forward because a question here from Jay Spurs, Rick, says, where do we go from here in terms of the rest of the season? Now, we've discussed, obviously, in that first half of the show what Mourinho may need to do for future games in terms of bringing Troy Parrott in, not necessarily to actually start the game, but to actually be on the bench as an option. What can you see him doing in these coming weeks? Because the injuries... They aren't going to change, are they? I mean, Son is out for what looks now to be probably towards the end of the season. We may get him back towards the end. Again, Harry Kane's pretty much the same. Something, as we said, has to change. What do you think will change, Rick, for these upcoming games we've got? We've got some massive, massive games to come. We've got Wolves, obviously, of course, still. That game there, they are playing in Europa League action on the Thursday before. But then will that make much of a difference? They're looking really, really good at the moment, Wolves, to be fair to them. Yeah, they are. And, you know, they've got their team tactics and, and their players in place. They've been playing that system for a long time. Um, with, with us, my friend, there there is bits of positive because, you know, um, as, as, as one door shuts, another one opens. So this is an opportunity for um, Mourinho to, you know, try something new, to um, let the leash off a couple of players maybe or to bring in Parrot to bring in a couple of more of those uh, young players. I think he is excited by those uh, Tottenham youth. Is Troy doing you know, enough, he... Rick, on training, do you think? That's one thing I do want to he... ask you. Do you think Troy is showing him enough in training? Because for me, like say for Tanganga, for example, the way you brought him into play, you feel like if yeah. Troy is really chomping at the bit, because this should be the moment where Troy Parrott is in training thinking, I've actually got a genuine chance here to play for a club that is in the Champions League, that is fighting for the FA Cup, that's in the Premier League. There's enough games here. You feel that maybe if he was to... I don't know, show a, a bit more kind of... I don't I don't know the kid that well, what he's doing behind the scenes, but you feel yeah. if he really wanted to force it and show the agenda that I am ready, you know, I will play games for you. Or do you think there's a case for Mourinho, if he brings Troy Parrott in now and he starts scoring the goals, does Mourinho look like a bit like a clown by kind of ruling him out beforehand? Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but I... I, I... Look, firstly, we don't know what's going on on the training ground and what's what's going on behind closed doors until we see the Amazon documentary. Um, so we don't know. Looking forward to that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God. Like, what is that going to be Gosh. like? Don't remind us. I don't want to find out. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you, as an ex-Eastender, there's going to be some duff-duffs. You know what I mean? Let me just tell you. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right. But... We, we don't know what's going on with Troy, right? But as, as a young player, um, being given those five minutes, that was a bit of encouragement. I'm sure that would have spurred him. He's jumped into internationals. He, he's been spurred on by his international manager as well. They've given him a little bit of a start here. Um, I don't know whether he's maybe taking... May, may, maybe there's a bit of attitude there. I, I don't want to put that in because I don't think he looks like that type of kid. Do you know what I mean? I, I think he, look, he to me, from what I've seen, he looks like a hard worker and he looks, you know, and hopefully he's humble, humble enough to kind of take every opportunity with both hands. But I think what Mourinho said uh, when asked about Troy, because poor old Alistair Gold, who's got to ask, you know, Mourinho every week about Troy, 
he, he gets we've been given the same um, answer for a long while. You know, he's not ready. He he's you know we've got to protect him. When t- speaking about him going out on loan, it's like no, we've got to keep him. We should keep him at home. You know, uh, he should be here. So we know that Mourinho's um, you know has got an eye on him uh, and he's watching for his potential. But maybe. I, I think it's more of a, a, a protection thing. But I just think that that blanket, that protection blanket, is just a little bit too heavy. You need to take it off a little bit. Like, uh, allow him to kind of try and have an influence in the game because he's an unknown entity right now. He's a new bit of energy. The crowd are going to back him. We're going to love him. We're going to let him make a mistake in these next two to three months. Like, we're going to be behind him. We've got we to go with it. But but uh, also, he, that the left back, what's the left back's name? Sirkin? Is it Sirkin? Sirkin, yep. Yep, young player. Ricks, do you know which one I'm talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he's trying to bring him in as well. Like, so there's a couple of there's a couple of these this new youth academy lot that he's he's got a, a, a keen eye on and he wants him around it. So right now it's a mystery, but I, I would hope to at least see him on the bench and at least be given 15 minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah, true. You know, what? I think it could be like a I think it could be like an not an attitude because obviously attitude when someone says attitude problem they instantly think oh someone's a bad egg or they're being really negative. I don't yeah. think it's that. I think it's just more of the case that I think. There's situations like when the players were given uh, rest or leave a, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, he was out in Dubai with Delhi, like living it up, despite yep. the fact that he hadn't played any minutes mm. and wasn't even playing. So I think it might be that kind of thing where it's like, well, he's not really showing true passion by maybe staying back and training like some people, like some of the, some of the mm. players were. Um, it could be little things like that but again like it's, it's all speculation really at the end of the day that we don't we don't know the ins and outs of training but i think and maybe maybe, maybe it's to push him as well georgie maybe it's to push him do you know maybe. what i mean if he gives it to him straight away he might think it comes easy and then mm. you know it could, it could all fall apart pretty quickly mm. he, he said about tanganga in the first training session make this boy known but he didn't give him yeah. a start straight away so That's it. Yep. maybe it's along the same ways mm. Listen, it's one thing that we all want. We all Definitely want it to be successful. But we again, no one's saying start him. I think that's the thing. Yep. No, nobody's saying start him, but get him on the bench. Like, please. Yeah, agreed. Because I, I appreciate that Jose might not be wanting to, you know, might be worried about his ego, might not be wanting to give him too much too soon. But you know what? The fans need it. We need yep. to see something. Because and it's an it's, option as well. It's, it's, it's uh, a yeah. totally different style of player compared to totally. what we have at the moment. We, we have four wingers and no striker. I mean, so you know, it, it, and there is no striker coming in. Like, we are striker-less until pretty yeah, we much can't do a Barcelona. now. No. <laughs> We've even put Son in the bracket of striker now. We realise this, that, you know, cut the months yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, Son was we, never a striker. He was an attacker. Now, suddenly, he's a striker no. as well. He is now. What is going on? We've driven ourselves mad in believing that Son is also now a striker. That's what Spurs have done to you, but... Guys, thank you ever so much. It's been an incredible show. Listen, we always try and tell it as it is. It's never easy discussing difficult topics, but I know the board is always one that comes up and people may say, why don't you do enough about the board? The problem when we don't do much on the board is nothing really is going to change. The board are going to be here for as far as we're concerned for a while. If anything changes, no. then we've got more to report on. But we know the problems are what they are. We know we should have had a striker. We know there should have been investment. We know at the time Pochettino should have been backed in the summer. We've gone over and over and over this. So we just try and discuss what is here and the now and we do know there's a need to invest we know there's a need to give Mourinho the money in the summer to try and make Tottenham competitive it is going to be a battle but you feel between now and the next couple of weeks he's going to have to try and work something with that as Rick said that remarkable young coach he's got there Jao Sacramento this is what the guy is all about he's a young attacking coach you know he's in Mourinho's ear all the time if you're at the stadium or away games you see this guy he's always in his ear so hopefully this guy's got the magic formula and he can try and find a plan for the next couple of weeks. Because, my God, do we need one? M, 
Thank you for coming back on the show. It's always a pleasure. I think you're due a win at some point now, Em, aren't you, back on this show? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I hope next time I'm on it, yeah, it will be oh. on the back of a scintillating, fabulous victory. And I won't have to talk about terrible leaky defences anymore. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> Listen, then, by the time you next come back on, we could have won the FA Cup, won the Champions League, and even got the top four. You never know. This is true. Oh, I, yes, I, I aim for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> aim for the stars. We have to try on this show. We have to try. Ricks, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Ricks, I know you've got some things coming up. Anything you want to plug? It's all coming, bro. When it's, when it's ready, I'll have the dates. So we can do it properly. Auditioning, I'm working hard. I've got my head down. So, yeah, it's an it's exciting year ahead, man. There you go. Troy, so, take and, notice. And, and, yeah, and again, thank you for having me. It's oh. always a pleasure being on, my friend. Ricks, you're a star. Thank you for giving us what can only be described as therapy over this last hour or so. <laughs> George, you poor guy. You're there every single week, home and away, watching this. It's going to get better, George, isn't it? Promise us. Tell us it's going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> Your reactions, George, don't always give us the fact that it is going to get better. That's only concern. Oh, yeah, I think I've just got to keep going in a week in, week out, and then just pray that things just get better. That's all I got. Fingers do, crossed. Fingers crossed. There's yeah. trophies to come. It's a ravishing style of football that's going to be beautiful on the eye to come. We've got to give it time. Got to give him patience. Because, like I say, he's put us in the position where top four is still achievable. We're still in both comp- competitions. And we are in February. You know, there's been times with Tottenham at this point, we're out of everything. So try and keep the faith. We are going to be back this Thursday on Love Sport. As always, come on, you Spurs! Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.